You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure that you know that I'll be teaching a free masterclass the first week of April all about how to overcome overwhelm. If you ever feel like the weight of your family is on you, on your shoulders, and you are about to collapse underneath the load of it all, this class is for you. I will teach you three actionable steps you can take to start reprioritizing your responsibilities and shifting your perspectives so family life feels more manageable and less overwhelming. Sound too good to be true? Well, the class is free, so you have nothing to lose by signing up and coming to see if I can help you. The Overcoming Overwhelm Masterclass will be offered twice during the first week of April, so you can choose the time that is best for you, and there will also be a replay. Just go to 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass to reserve your seat. That's 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is brought to you by one of my kids' favorite podcasts, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Do your kids listen to podcasts? Because they should. This is my secret weapon, especially for when my kids are fighting in the car and I'm about to explode. Instead of yelling at them, I turn on a podcast and I swear my kids almost immediately get quiet as they're swept into the stories. It's kind of like magic. Our current favorite podcast is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, which features the stories of different female pioneers, creators, champions, leaders, and warriors from history. Just this past week, we went on a scenic drive to get out of the house, and the kids and I listened to the stories of Julia Child, Corey Ten Boom, Harriet Tubman, and Grace O'Malley, and Noah, my eight-year-old son, especially was begging for more. I love that he's learning about the stories of extraordinary real women told as fairy tales through this podcast. To inspire the little rebel girl or boy in your life, go and find Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player, and I will also put a link in the show notes. And now onto the show. This is episode 123, What We're Doing to Survive the Coronavirus Weirdness with the 3 and 30 team. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends, and happy Monday. I know you might think that this is just an ordinary Monday, but what you may not have realized is that today is the national 3 and 30 day. And yes, that's made up. (laughs) It's not a thing, but I decided that we were going to make it a thing when I looked at the calendar and saw that March 30th, or in other words, 3.30 was a Monday. I knew we had to do something special to celebrate what I am now dubbing National 3 and 30 Day. But then the world started to stand still because of COVID-19. And then Ryan and I got COVID-19. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a second. And as I lay sick in bed, I thought, I don't think I will be able to pull off anything special for March 30th for 3 and 30 Day. But that's when my wonderful team members, the moms who work diligently behind the scenes to help make 3 and 30 possible, said that they would take care of everything to make this special episode happen. 
I have three team members who helped me produce three and 30 Molly, Hannah, and Christy. We're all moms who work a few hours a week on the podcast and I've been wanting to introduce them to you. So now is a perfect time. And in this week's special episode, they will each share three takeaways for how they're surviving the weirdness of coronavirus quarantine with their young families and how they're managing their kids and their mental health, how they're trying to make it through a really difficult situation. And I want to say up front that none of us has this all figured out. And we actually had many team conversations over the past week on Voxer, which is the app we use to communicate about how we're barely surviving, so it seems kind of ridiculous to be giving out any advice to other moms, but we also want you to know that we are in this with you. We are struggling through it right beside you. We're rooting for you. We believe in you, and we're here to help, even in our imperfect ways. And so that is what this episode is going to be today, and I'm so grateful to these ladies for pulling together and making it happen. And before we dive into the takeaways, I know you're probably wondering about my experience with COVID-19. Uh, yes, we had it. Ryan and I both had it, and you guys, I hardly know where to begin, but here's the long and short of it. We live in a small ski town in Idaho, and our community has been really hard hit by the virus because of all of the tourists that came to go skiing throughout the months of January and February. Um, And our town, our town's actually had an isolation order for the last two weeks. But unfortunately, my husband still came down with a fever and other symptoms right around the time that they put the isolation order into place. We don't know how he got it, but like I said, there's been many cases in our community. Um, Because he's a healthcare provider, he was able to get tested right away, but it took 11 days to get his test results back, which is so crazy. I hear it's getting faster now, and thank goodness for that. Um, So, of course, we just hunkered down during the last few weeks and isolated away from everyone. And luckily, Ryan only had mild symptoms, like um, he had achiness, loss of taste and smell, and a sore throat. Um, And a few days after his initial symptoms, I got sick too with a fever, fatigue, and just like this bizarre weakness and dizziness that kind of made me feel like I was on drugs. Seriously, the only word that I can think of to describe how I felt was just bizarre. My body felt heavy and weak. I've never felt anything like that before. We feel incredibly blessed that our symptoms never became respiratory And after about 10 days of lots of sleeping and taking care of ourselves, we're okay. And we're also so incredibly blessed that our kids have been totally fine. Um, Even though we didn't do anything special to keep them from getting sick, we just washed our hands a lot. We didn't share food or drinks with them. And we're just so, so grateful that our whole family is well again. It's been a humbling and confusing few weeks for sure. And that's why I'm just so grateful for Molly, Hannah, and Christy who pulled off this special three in 30 day episode, even with me sick in bed. And can I ask you for something for national three in 30 day? Would you please write a review for the show today? If you haven't already, I only ask for reviews a couple of times a year because I don't want to bug you or take up precious airtime on the show. But reviews really do make a huge difference to a podcast success, and I read each and every one of them, and they buoy me up 
when I'm overwhelmed or discouraged, they remind me to keep going. And it would just mean the world to me to hear from you this week as we celebrate 3 and 30 together. So seriously, pause the podcast right now. If you haven't already, pop into your podcast app and leave a review. It will mean so much to me to read that this week. Okay, that's more than enough for me. Let's get to the takeaways. And please remember, I'm sending you love and health and encouragement as we face these strange times together. And here's some ideas from my team members of ways to survive, even if you can't quite thrive. (laughs) Here we go. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah Winslow, and I am lucky enough to be a part of the 3 and 30 team. I help manage all of the digital content for Rachel. Some things that might fall into my wheelhouse include building additional web pages, email list management, weekly show notes, and Pinterest. I live in St. Louis, Missouri with my husband and my two little kids. My kids are three and two. Actually, he just turned two. Sorry, that's why I had to think about that. (laughs) I have always been a full-time working mom, so having my kids home with me all of the time is very new territory for me right now. These past few weeks have been a roller coaster and a learning experience. But today, I don't really want to talk about working at home with kids because that is not my strength. My only tip for working at home with kids is to work when they sleep. I don't have much to offer in that category. I am motivated by fun, connection, and new experiences and adventure. All of those are kind of hard to come by right now. So I'm trying my best to make the best of our new normal. I want to share my three takeaways for enjoying yourself while quarantined. Takeaway number one, try something new. I want to set the bar really low here and say that that something new could be a Netflix show you and your partner have been meaning to binge. If you and or your partner are working from home and trying to homeschool or entertain your kids, you might not feel like you have extra time to try something new. I totally get that. A Netflix show is a low investment. I am so mentally, emotionally, and physically drained by 7.30 p.m., but I have also felt like I need to do something for me, and this time when I'm basically just surviving on Reese's eggs. Another easy thing to try is TikTok. No, you do not have to learn a dance. That could be fun, but just watching it is fun too. My husband and I scroll through together and we have laughed to tears over some of these videos. If you want to get into something deeper, there are lots of options to try out there right now. And I'm speaking, I guess, in terms of hobbies. I recommend the classes from Brit and Co. at brit.co slash learn. And if you are listening to this podcast live or even on Tuesday, you can get any of the like art and hobby classes from Brit and Co. for free through March 31st. You just need to use the code self-care at checkout. I have decided that I'm going to try cake decorating using all of the recipes and tutorials from Courtney Rich at Cake by Courtney. I really can't think of a better time than now than to have some extra cake on hand. Takeaway number two, keep celebrating. While I know life right now is not like the quote normal we are used to, this is our new normal for a little bit. 
And I think we can keep celebrating the things that we typically would, but just with a new twist. For my son's second birthday last week, we invited everyone to a video call to help sing happy birthday to him virtually. So no, they weren't in person for a hug, but it was just as nice to see their smiling face on the screen. You may not actually be able to go to church on Easter, but don't let that stop you from wearing your cute Easter outfits because if your family has cute matching Easter outfits, do not let them go to waste. I also think there are reasons to celebrate every day. My family, we are celebrating each weekend that we made it through another week by getting takeout from a local restaurant and having a picnic. If the weather's nice, we can have the picnic outside. If the weather's not nice, we can just have the picnic on our living room floor. Find something to celebrate and just do it. Takeaway number three, record it. When I say record it, I mean on video. This might be the strangest sounding one of all. Why would I want to record hours of homeschool or the craziness in my house right now? Well, I want to share something I have learned from Kaylee Isbell at Isbell Family Films. Recording videos of your children and their experiences help put it into perspective. It helps you see the good in each day. Because if you're like me, and I'm sure you are in this regard, most of us lie in bed at night and look at pictures and videos on our phones of our kids even after they drove us crazy all day. And we just think about how cute and how sweet they are. For example, on the day I am recording this episode, I cried twice out of frustration today. But I also recorded the five seconds that my kids weren't fighting, but actually being sweet to each other. I do this because I don't want to remember this time as traumatic turmoil. I want to remember the good stuff. I bet you can find five seconds today of something good. Those are my three takeaways to enjoy yourself during this quarantine. To recap, one, try something new, two, keep celebrating, and three, record it. Hi there. My name is Molly Alexander. I'm the communications manager for 3 and 30. I started as Rachel's assistant and proud first employee of 3 and 30 in October of 2018 and it has been amazing to be behind the scenes supporting Rachel and connecting with so many of you. I currently live in Charleston where my husband Jeff goes to grad school here at the Medical University of South Carolina. We have four kids ages five, four, two, and three months. I graduated college in English and loved it, but spent every day dreaming about when I would become a mom. I feel like I snapped my fingers and I'm literally in the middle of that dream with my four young kids. I'm now working backwards to figure out how to thrive as a mom, how to support my husband, and what it looks like to take care of myself. The past few weeks have been a roller coaster around the globe. And my old friend, depression, is there by my side, making it even more heavy. I feel like one of my purposes on this earth is to be an ally and walk beside others in their mental health journey. I have come upon things that have changed the course of my life for the better and allowed me to feel stable on a day-to-day -day basis. More recently, I've been able to put a name to those tools and concepts so that I can actually practice them. But once in a while, I'm challenged in a big way and tunnel vision immediately sets in. 
things look pretty normal on the outside. We all get dressed, eat meals, and show up in life for the most part. But on the inside, I feel tortured. I beat myself up so much when I step back into that dark place. I know better, I think. I'm so blessed. I love my life. Why do I feel this way? Just some of the thoughts that I get flooded with. And so in the midst of my tunnel vision this past week, I sort of stepped outside myself and remembered that having tools is great, but I actually need to use them. I'm so honored to be on the show today to share some of my experiences and lend solidarity. I want to share three coping skills I've learned and implementing, especially so lately. I learned these from the amazing life coach, Jen Connie, who I will definitely link in the show notes because she is a light and joy that you all need to know about. And I know that Jody Moore teaches these as well. My first takeaway is using the phrase, and that's okay, after a difficult thought. My sister and I joke about how after we talk about hard stuff we're going through, we end with, but it's fine, or but everything will be okay, as if to awkwardly not leave it hanging on sort of a grim note. I think it also comes from that just be grateful mentality. It's always been difficult for me to understand how struggle and gratefulness exist in the same space. My brain wants to tell me either you're struggling or you think about the things you're grateful for. I've heard things like hold space for your child's big emotions or hold space for your husband who may not always come home from work in a good mood. I think it sounds like a great way to have grace for others and yourself, but I didn't understand how to actually implement it. What does it look like when my kids are yelling at me or yelling at each other? Practicing the phrase, and that's okay, has helped the emotions I'm experiencing feel less serious. For example, I'll think, I'm so overwhelmed today, and that's okay. Or, I am so annoyed by the way my kids are treating each other, and that's okay. Adding, and that's okay, gives the thought less power. Instead of being defined by it, it allows you to express it without judgment. And then I feel like it gives you some space to take the next step with a little more clarity. The next idea I want to share is stepladder thinking. To me, this is the antidote to quick fixes or oversimplification. Like Alison Faulkner shared on last week's episode, presenting meditation or even a deep breath like it's a magic pill to take just makes me feel so defeated sometimes. Like, what's wrong with me that I'm resisting something that could so easily turn my day around? Or what's wrong with me that it didn't work? So let's start with a thought I've been battling with. I feel so depressed being stuck at home, like I will never have the energy to get off the couch and show up in a way that makes me feel like a good mom. And instead of going straight to the opposite thought, no, you're a great mom, you can totally thrive at home, stepladder thinking allows you to gradually accept a new thought. And I've found that this exercise can be especially helpful if you pull out a notebook and actually write it out instead of thinking in your head. So I'm going to walk you through some stepladder thinking that I've gone through recently. So here's the thought. I feel so depressed being stuck at home, not showing up as the mom I want to be, and that's okay. And the next step, I'll say, Some people are enjoying being at home and having a break from all the running around and obligations. And the next step, it's possible 
I really could find the good about being home too. And then I'm noticing there are perks to being at home and I'm learning so much about my kids and accomplishing things around the house that I maybe otherwise wouldn't. I am in such a better mental headspace now that I've allowed myself to gradually accept being stuck at home. I'm barely coming out of the newborn fog as it is, and things have been really tricky around here with a two-year-old. I keep finding myself saying things like, oh yeah, I'll get to that, you know, later, or gosh, it would be so nice, but the only time I have to do anything is when my two-year-old is napping. And it's true, she's an impressive sabotager, as are most two-year-olds, but staying home has forced me to start getting curious with my limitations and try things I normally wouldn't, like clearing out the fridge and wiping it out, finally, or taking on bigger craft projects with the older two. My third takeaway is a phrase I use all the time, and I've shared about it before, loosen your grip. Time has sure started to blur together over these past few weeks, and sometimes I can't tell you what day it is, let alone what time of day. Usually having some rhythm is a good indicator of what time it is. Like if the house is tidied up, then we're probably just waking up or maybe just got done doing our nightly cleanup. Bickering and restlessness ah, must be the witching hour. But instead, it was messes and bickering at all hours, and I was so anxious about it. I've been thinking things like, if I just had a better routine, my kids would feel more balanced and get along better. It's a lot like this quick fix idea that I really resist. When I find myself thinking, if I was just more consistent, if I just got up before the kids, then it's an indicator that I may need to loosen my grip. Once I take that pressure off, I can start to, again, get curious and think about ways to tweak our day that will help us thrive and just have more fun through the process. To end, I want to recap the three coping skills that help me get through tunnel vision or just a bad day. First, adding the phrase, and that's okay, to a challenging thought I'm having. Second, stepladder thinking, or gradually helping your brain to accept a thought that seems impossible. And third, loosen your grip. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z in order to find joy and meaning in your day-to-day. Thanks, everyone, for your support for 3 and 30. Like Rachel, I love you, and I'm rooting for you. Hello, my name is Christy Elder. I am the podcast editor for 3 and 30, and I am a mom of five kids. They're aged 12 all the way down to a new five-year-old. My takeaways are going to sound different, maybe not that different, maybe they're just like yours, but quarantine has felt slightly overwhelming for me, and so we are just down to the basics. At first, I thought we would be ultra-structured. I used to be a teacher. I thought maybe this was a great way to implement homeschooling and give it a try, but I quickly found out I was not really cut out for it. It was overwhelming, and I felt like I needed to be all things for all people at all times, and it wasn't working. So my three takeaways are just three things that your kids can do independently on their own to hopefully give you a little bit of a break during the day or just a little bit of help during the day. Maybe to take a little bit of a load off your shoulders if this is feeling overwhelming. The first is probably a no-brainer for all of you, but it's creative playtime. I was feeling guilty for not really wanting to play after spending all day with the kids. 
So this is their time. They play with one another. They have siblings and built-in friends, right? Well, maybe built-in frenemies right now. Once they finish their schoolwork and they're practicing, they just come up with something to do. It can be outside, inside. Usually it's screen-free, but not 100%. We've done Art for Kids Hub, which is on the computer, but it's a dad drawing with his kids and helping my kids learn to draw in a step-by-step manner. And it's awesome. I don't even count it as a screen. They've written cards and notes and sidewalk chalk messages that are hmm, mostly legible. They've created their own Lego movies, and my son came up with the Legolorian, complete with a baby Yoda that he built other Legos. We've fudged it a bit and done Netflix in Chinese, since my kids are learning Chinese at school, and called it educational, and kind of creative. Mostly the screens are the exception to the rule and not the norm, but we're giving ourselves some grace here, and we're just having the kids go play. Sometimes this is dress-ups, sometimes it's bike rides, sometimes it's blocks, it's Legos. The point is... Mom doesn't come up with the idea. Mom isn't running it. It's not all that structured. It's just some good old-fashioned playtime. The second thing we're doing to give me a little bit of a break and to help the kids reset and recharge is we do an hour of quiet time. Usually this is just reading time, and all of the kids do really well with this except for my youngest. She just turned five and can't read yet, so sometimes I have the older kids each take turns reading two books to her, and then she goes to play quietly. Sometimes she sits and looks at Where's Waldo for a bit. But this is, again, a quiet break. Alone time, and they get away into their own little worlds, and it has been a lifesaver. The third thing that really helps me out the most, and I think it helps my kids feel a little bit better, is they help out with the cleanup every day. I'm sure most kids do this at homes, and we do too on a regular basis. But especially now that we are home all the time, I want our home to feel like a nice place to be. So my kids each have a zone that they help with. We break it up since there's five kids. Zones for us look something like one kid on the mudroom, one on the piano room, one on the living room, one on the toy room, another one on the little toy room. They're actually the same room. We just split it up. And they tidy it up. They clean it up. They help vacuum when it needs it. They also have a little bathroom job, which is, again, tiny. One kid has mirrors. One does the toilet. One does cans and sinks. One does garbages, one sweeps the floor. But if everyone does their little job every day, even if it's not done awesome, our house feels livable and manageable. And we do a deep clean on Saturdays. They also help with the chores after each meal. We don't have a dishwasher. Usually I've been washing, but over this break, I have been teaching my oldest three how to wash. And then someone else will clear, someone will sweep, one will dry, actually two dry. And it just is a huge help. I know that these are very typical things for families to do, and maybe maybe they're too simple for you, but in my house, we're just kind of making it by the skin of our teeth, and these are things that have really helped me feel like we are going to make it. We can survive this. Everyone pitches in, and I get a little bit of a break each day, so I hope this is helpful for you, mamas, and good luck. We're here for you. Aren't those ladies fabulous? I hope you got a couple of nuggets of wisdom from them that you can use this week to make your life a little bit easier and more fun during this strange quarantine that we're all going through. I wanted to remind you, if you are interested in starting a daily quiet time with your kids, like Christy recommended, that I have an entire episode on how to get your kids to do a quiet time. It's episode 33. 
And also another resource um, is that Hannah has her own podcast, my digital content manager, and her podcast is called Why Didn't Anyone Tell Me? It's a motherhood podcast, and you can check that out as well. And I will link all of that in the show notes. I also wanted to ask you one more time to take a few minutes to leave a review for 3 and 30 this week as we celebrate my made-up holiday. <laughs> Mamas, we can do this. Let's get through one more week with the kids at home, and I think we're going to have some more in the future, but that's okay. Let's focus on this week, and I hope you have a healthy and even fun week with your family.